Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another DRQ Longevity podcast. You can always find us on social media at DRQ Longevity. That's Twitter and LinkedIn and you know, other social media outlets, uh, Instagram. You can email us if you ever need to at drqlongevity at gmail.com. Today's podcast, we're going to be talking about how to care for the body structure. It's a very simple activity that's required, and it's something that's oftentimes not done at all. Now, on today's podcast. Hi, today we're going to be talking about how to care for the body, the structure of the body. When we talk about the triune of health, we discuss it in three separate parts. The first part is our structure, our bones, our muscles, our tissues, our organs, our body systems. The second part is the fuel that we take in. Any um, uh, food that we eat or any sort of uh, um, product that we eat, and I use the term product because sometimes we eat things that, uh, that we call food that are certainly not food, um, like a Twinkie or something. And then the third is caring for our mind or our mental health. So the triune of health is really our structure, our fuel, and our mental health. And today we're going to talk a little bit about how we can care for our structure. I'm going to start with just reviewing a couple of things that are super important to know. Um, first off, the evidence of how caring for your body structure through physical fitness is overwhelming. The number of minutes a day that you work out and exercise and how it averages out to the number of minutes um, a week that you uh, exercise and work out is very correlated, very much uh, linearly correlated to your overall body health. In other words, as the number of minutes you work out goes upward, so does the body health. I said linearly correlated, it's, it's really not. There's a little bit of an exponential curve in there, but um, and then it does flatten off at the end. But in other words, the more you work out, the better health you will have. And what do I mean by better health? Fewer incidents of heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes, or other maladies that we would consider increasing, that would increase infirmity, such as uh, muscle joint problems or um, being injured from a fall. Working out, exercising is of immense importance. I cannot state this more clearly. And the amount that you work out is also very important. But I will tell you that working out a little bit is a thousand times better than not working out at all. Working, not working out at all, no exercise at all, gives you zero chance at getting any of the benefit from exercise. As a matter of fact, those people that don't exercise decay more rapidly. The way that it works is very simple. If you want something to be healthy, you have to maintain it. You want the interior of your car to look good, you have to clean it. You want your computer to run well, you gotta get rid of the virus. If you have viruses, you know, you have to update the computer. You have to have regular updates. If you want your house to look good, you have to go in, you have to clean it. If you want your body, which is the house in which you live, to function well, exercise is a necessity. And I'm going to refer back to our, uh, our, our hunter and gatherer forefathers, our ancestors, about, uh, there's a little bit of a, of a debate as exactly when this happened, but somewhere around 10,000 years ago, some say 8,000 years ago, maybe, you know, but definitely 5,000 years ago, humans had begun to cultivate animals, livestock, and crops. We were planting crops, we were farming animals, so we didn't have to hunt and gather. 
because everything was right there. Prior to this, 10,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago, 50,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago, when humans were walking around on the earth, upright, looking for shelter, looking for food, we were known as a hunter-gatherer society or you know, loosely knit tribes. These hunter and gatherer societies would spend the majority of their lives looking for food, looking for shelter, and trying to protect themselves from predators who were also looking for food and looking for shelter. And unfortunately for some predators, we were that food. Uh, Saber-toothed tigers, you know, things along those lines. When you look at the activity that was required as a hunter-gatherer, we can extrapolate some information based on archaeological records, but the majority of this info comes from studies that were done by anthropological sourced material that was recorded from these studies from people that were traveling around the world. Christopher Columbus, you know, he, uh, he came to the Americas in the late 1400s. And at this time, there were other ships traveling all over the world to parts of Africa and Australia, to Asia, to the Americas for the next several hundred years, and even preceding the Christopher Columbus Passage, where we were documenting typical hunter-gatherer societies. There were uh, explorers, you know, traveling around the world saying like, oh my gosh, we found a, a native heathen population um, and they, this is how they lived. And based on the writings from those times and, um, you know, other studies that were done even up until the 1950s, I know David Attenborough found a hunter-gatherer society in, uh, in, in the back of, uh, I think it was in New Zealand, he found a hunter-gatherer society. The majority of their work, like I said, was spent hunting food, hunting for food. And what's called a hunter-gatherer, they're gathering uh, fruits and vegetables, and they're pretty much hunting for fruits and vegetables. Um, hunting is a very difficult sport. If you've ever known anybody who's been a hunter, many times they'll go out and they won't come back with anything. And these are people that are bringing a rifle, they're sitting up in a tree blind in an area that's been uh, baited over time so that animals know to come to that area for food. They still come home for nothing come home with nothing versus you know the 12,000 years ago 27,000 years ago you might have had a sharp stick and a rock I mean like that was it you didn't have much weapon how are you going to go out and catch a rabbit or a, a deer you know it was it was a very very challenging um, time to to gather any sort of meat so most of the time what they were hunting was was uh, fruits and vegetables and we see this because of what the documented evidence shows the majority of the foods that they ate were um, were leafy vegetables and fruits and things like this. So it takes a lot of activity to gather that. If you want to have enough calorie at the end of the day to feel full and, and healthy, you have to move a lot. They would dig up a lot of roots. They would dig up potatoes and tubers. You might have to climb a tree. You might have to you know, harvest a ton of leaves and you're moving and you're working, you're moving, you're working. And then at the end of the day, you might have to repair your shelter. You might have to do some sort of activity like climb over a cliff or get out of a ravine or something. The average hunter and gatherer spent approximately two to two and a half hours in moderately vigorous activity every single day. And this doesn't include the vigorous activity when you're running from a, you know, a mastodon or you're you know, I don't know what else they, you know, what they would run from, but they would probably run from other tribes. I mean, there would be battles. There were a lot of times where your physical activity was even greater than moderately vigorous. But two and a half hours a day, that's 150 minutes a week. And the way that we define moderate activity is typically done with, um, you know, the grading of, of how intense the activity is 
as far as your overall feeling of the activity and then the body response of the activity. So for instance, I categorize activity into three separate forms. One is light activity and the other two are exercise. Light activity might be um, walking or washing dishes or cooking in the house or you know doing so, like office work or something like things where you're you're not sedentary you're not sitting in front of a TV but you're running around all day and you have the energy that you feel like you know what I could do this forever I, I I'm not going to run out of energy if I continue to do this like I'm I don't have to sit down you might want to sit down but you you'll have the energy to do it that's light activity after that we start talking about exercise so then we talk about moderate moderate, vigorous, vigorous exercise. Moderate exercise is typically seen as an exercise that would be rated on an intensity scale, maybe somewhere between five to six or seven out of 10. The intensity is enough to cause you to breathe harder, to want to begin to sweat. And if you were to um, uh, try to carry on a conversation during moderate, vigorous, moderate, vigorous activity, you'd be able to carry on a conversation, but it would be too intense for you to really sing. This could be something like um, some gardening would be moderately vigorous, or we could talk about, um, uh, um, I don't even know, like, a, 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 like walking quickly, like a brisk walk would be moderate vigorous activity, where you're working up a bit of a sweat, and you could do this for a continuous uh, amount of time. Like you do it for several hours, but eventually you're gonna be like, oh, you know, I'm fatigued. I, I kind of I wanna stop after several hours worth. That's moderate. Vigorous activity is much more intense. Vigorous activity is an intensity where you're maybe up to an eight or a nine on the scale. You're feeling like you're really working hard. And this activity is one that's causing you to have to sweat. This activity is one that's causing you to have to breathe heavy so that you're sighing like this in between each each type of uh, way you're, you're talking to somebody. If you're saying a phrase, you have to take a breath in afterward. And this activity, um, will not, of course, not allow you to sing, but you're not even going to be able to, to breathe that well. This is vigorous activity. When we talk about the bare minimum of activity required to live a healthful life, and what I mean by healthful is to maintain the body in a form or a fitness level that's consistent with requirements of being a human. We're talking about aging long, we're talking about longevity, we're talking about health span, we're talking about your ability to get in and out of a chair when you're 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. I had a patient today, she was 84 years old, she has a hard time getting up out of a chair. Other than that, she's in very good health. She's probably looking at another 10, 15, 20 years of life, and if she doesn't do anything in six months, she's going to be confined to a chair. And then she'll probably die much, much sooner because she can't get up out of a chair. And it's important to be able to get up out of a chair. And it seems silly to talk to a 22-year-old about that, like, never happened to me. But you know what? It does happen if you don't consistently maintain it the way that it should be maintained. The bare minimum of exercise, we could talk about it even in terms of like vitamin C. We, we have an ideal level of vitamin C in our body. I'm not going to talk about what an ideal level is, but we also have a USRDA level of vitamin C in the body. And I won't discuss how they discovered that, but the USRDA level of vitamin C is what is the required amount of vitamin C that we, that is, is known to prevent disease. You know what? People get scurvy if they don't eat vitamin C. Well, then we should probably recommend some vitamin C. How much vitamin C do we need so that people don't get scurvy? Oh, we probably need uh, like 70 milligrams of vitamin C to not get scurvy. Okay, great. 
So let's recommend everybody eat 70 milligrams of vitamin C a day. They don't get scurvy. Well, that's not necessarily the amount of vitamin C you need for health. It's kind of like if you're sending your kids off to the movie saying, well, how much does a movie cost? A movie costs $7.22. Well, here, Johnny, here's $7.22. If the bare minimum to get into the movie, what if Johnny wants to buy a popcorn? What if Johnny has to uh, you know, make a phone call at some point? What if Johnny needs to take a taxi, as if we don't have Uber now? But uh, you know, like to have a little bit extra money in your pocket is a lot better than having the exact amount that you need at the end of every single month and going from month to month. Instead, maybe having a little bit of an extra, a little bit of a, of a surplus more vitamin C than 70 milligrams a, a month, excuse me, a day, would be how much you need so that you can start to get a little bit of a surplus to protect yourself, to cushion yourself against problem. So the bare minimum of exercise that we need on a daily basis to keep our body healthy is approximately 40 minutes of vigorous activity or 90 minutes of moderately vigorous activity every single day, day in and day out. So what we look for is about 300 minutes of vigorous activity or close to 600 minutes or a little bit more than 600 minutes of moderately vigorous activity a week so that we can maintain, wait, no, how did I remember putting that? Yeah, a little bit more than 600 uh, um, minutes of, uh, of moderately vigorous activity a week or, or 400 minutes of vigorous activity a week to maintain our body in peak form. I don't know many people who do that. I know many people who have poor bodily health because I treat them every day in the office, but most people don't do what they should be doing. And this is something that's very, very important. So what we want you to do is we want you to start exercising. It doesn't take much to start. While you're waiting for water to boil, do some squats. While you're waiting for your water to heat up in the morning shower, do some wall push-ups. When you're waiting for your coffee to brew, take the time to go down and do a plank. When you're in your car, driving to work, tone the abdominals and do some Kegels. Do some isometric contractions of the legs. Stand on up, stretch overhead, bend down and touch the toes and move from side to side. The more that you exercise, the better off you'll be. If you need to get 40 minutes of vigorous exercise a day, you can jump rope for one minute 40 times a day. Take a break and, and jog in place. Take a break and do mountain climbers. Take a break and do something for a minute to get your heart rate up for a minute, and then boom, you got one of those minutes down. The, 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 the effectiveness of the exercise is seen when you're doing more and more and more, and you only do more and more when you start with one. The very first step is one. If you're not doing 40 minutes a day, that's okay. But if you're doing four minutes a day, it's better than doing zero. If you're doing eight minutes a day, it's better than doing four. So we want you to focus on improving your health bit by bit by bit. The very first step that you can take is starting to do your physical exercise. Put it into your book. A good thing to do is find the time you want to do your exercise. Do not worry about the exercise um, quality, intensity, where it is, but just schedule the time in your book. Open up your planner, open up your calendar, whatever it is, and then write down, okay, from 7.20 till eight o'clock, I'm going to exercise. When that time shows up, stop whatever you're doing and begin to exercise, whether it's doing squats, whether it's stretching, whatever it is, start carving out the time. 
And over time, if you carve out the time, you'll then begin to find activities to fill that time up. We're in the middle of COVID right now, so you might not want to go to a, a class where people are breathing and sweating in your face. You might want to get a home uh, spin bike. You might want to subscribe to some uh, some exercises. You can always contact us at drqlongevity at gmail.com or find us on social media and ask us. We have tremendous uh, catalog of home exercises you can do. There's actually um, uh, one catalog that we have that has over 1,500 for free home exercises that you can do. And it's not 1,500 exercises, it's 1,500 exercise routines that you can do. If you did one routine each, You'd go through four plus years before you even repeated the same routine again. So please reach out to us. Think of us as your personal health health coaches, Dr. Cortell, Dr. Queller, um, and uh, you know we'll, we'll be here to help you. Don't forget reach uh, reach out to us uh, by Gmail. Check us out on social media, drqlongevity.com, and uh, drqlongevity on Instagram, on Facebook, and um, hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you on the next one.